When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello and welcome to Stop Hammer Time. My name is Phil Whelans and the season is over. The wheels have come off. Everything has gone wrong. Everything is tits up. Is that true though? Here to discuss all of those issues are Jim Grant. Good evening. Hello, Jim. Everything all right? Yeah, very good. Thank you. Good. Also joining us this week, a journalist, broadcaster, one of our favourite guests on this podcast. It is Mark Webster. And I'm a man whose glass is half full on the very subject that you just mentioned. Yes. Because I love maths and maths is on our side. Yes, yes. Uh, and I think a half full glass is a good glass to have. Yes. Uh, as long as you've drunk the, the other half. The other half was yours to deal with and beer garden inside take your tea. Exactly, exactly. Also with us, it is uh, the... The in-stadium DJ at uh, West Ham United, who has been to all of the home games this season, he also does the excellent uh, YouTube channel My Hammers Eleven, in which he uh, interviews fans of the club, but also has dug out an incredibly rich vein of ex-players to talk about their favourite Hammers Eleven lineups uh, over the years. Uh, it is, of course, uh, Russ Budden. Hi. Good. Good evening, everyone. Hi, everyone. Hi, Hi, Russ. Russ. Right. Hello. Uh, it is extraordinary. Um, what, how many, what, what was your, because you had an aim of how many you wanted to do originally, didn't you? And yeah. what was that? That was, that was 500. 500? Yeah, 500. So when I started a year ago, it all started because I saw some Wikipedia entry on the West Ham page and it was 2003. They did a survey of 500 fans and I thought, oh, I could do that. I could do that. And as of today, I believe we're about 333. That's wow. Wow. That's I mean, I just, yeah. I sort of made, I wondered what made you pull that figure 500 just yeah. out of midair. It just seemed like. Big fan of the Proclaimers. So. Um, yes. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. Uh, and I'll tell you, so we've all done it, haven't we? Thousand, it's better than the thousand, which is the, yeah. which is the only other place to go, isn't it? That's yeah. right. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's basically, it's uh, to do with the Roman numerals, isn't it? Exactly. Yeah. You know, you, uh, um, you only know so many, don't you? You could have done 50 L. Uh, but, um, yeah, no, that's amazing. Uh, it's extraordinary. We'll talk a bit about that later. We've all done it, haven't we? Yes. We, yeah, early. Yeah. we were early. Yeah. We're early adopters. Early on, yeah. Yep. Yeah, yeah. No yeah. idea what my 11 is anymore. <laughs> Mine was... Uh... I, I, I was, it, was, I was, it was like a blind panic doing it in the first place. And then, do you know that like some things, you know, when you do a thing, you just then you just try and sort of like wipe it out your brain like it never happened in the first place. I think that's exactly where my eleven now exists, not in my head. My uh, I I was quite an early I was quite an early guest on it, and I sort of assumed uh, that people were really going to go for um, a, a sort of very specific bracket of West Ham players, and so I went for a very gimmicky eleven, which yeah. was a Brexit. Hammers eleven, which was yeah. European West Ham players that didn't that weren't English, because uh, we were living in Europe. But good. then nearly everyone after that just did their favourite eleven yeah. West Ham footballers. <laughs> was going, oh, oh, mine, choice. mine had all been runner up in Hammers of yes. the Year. Oh, very that's good. That was my that's thing. Very good. Rise made. That, that is that good. is that is that you've just done the version of the best joke ever in ever decreasing circles, in which they're sitting in the pub. And uh, Marty Bryce says, all right, then here's one. What's your second favourite jam? And, and that, <laughs> you've pretty much done that. In my, in my head, and Russ could probably say, I, I, I may have done one of these a couple of three times, and the bloke that floats in and out of my teams all the time, and I never know if he's there or not, the will of the wisp is Liam Brady. Right. I pick him. Yeah. Every other day I pick him. But I'm not sure what day it was. It was not. It was yeah. It was not day for you, for you, Mark. I didn't do no, it. That wasn't, time. No, it wasn't. It was. I've just. I just found it. We can. We can do that later on. We'll go for your. Phil, team. did you have him in your in your Euro? I didn't. Good 
I didn't. Yeah. It was a good choice. No. I, I, I did. I did when I did my program notes and I, uh, the, the program uh, column that I do and Liam Brady, I wanted him to crop up and it was great fun to talk about his time away and all that. But I, I arrived at the thing that I didn't know, which I think everyone needs to know about him, is that I always I went to the principal. He's called Chippy Brady, based on the fact he had this wand of a foot and could hit forty yard passes in his sleep, and it's because he likes chips. <laughs> <laughs> That can't I, be right. Yeah, I love, but apparently, it's true. I loved him. I my, one of my favourite uh, fondest memories of his that really emotional game where he scored against Arsenal. Mm. He it was a, a a real lesson for this modern trend of not celebrating when you score against your old club. He went fucking mental when he scored <laughs> against us. Do you remember? And there were people jumping on the pitch from the um, from the east side, and it was it was uh, it was brilliant. He was yeah, great. one in a series of uh, good uh, Arsenal-inherited players. I mean, we've yeah. done pretty well, haven't we? Because Hartson was great. You know, yeah. Winterburn turned out really well. There were a couple of sort of duffers, obviously. Uh, Davos Suker. Um, Lundberg. Lundberg didn't really work out that well. John Radford. John Radford is the classic. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, yeah, he may have been at the, in the twilight of his career. We yes, yes. <laughs> uh, we thought of it, but we thought Winterburn was, didn't we? But uh, and of course, Wrighty, obviously, who, who did oh, great for yeah. us. Yeah, yeah, Wrighty yeah, yeah, was great yeah, no. for us. But uh, Winterburn, I sort of thought, do we really want a kind of over the hill, you know, one final payday, Nigel Winterburn, who turned out to be amazing yeah. for us, yeah, really, really good. Really good. Mm. Um, yeah, anyway, so we we played at the weekend and we got a one-all draw against Brighton and we're making, uh, we're making slightly heavy weather of these uh, closing few fixtures, aren't we? I mean, this was one of the ones where we were hoping it would be in our a little bracket of what made it an easy run-in. Obviously, there were some difficult games in that run-in. Chelsea, I thought, would be problematic. I thought Everton would be. I thought Leicester would be. Mm. But, you know, one of the ones that we thought would be... Uh, you know, not a, maybe not a cakewalk, but sort of fairly easy was Brighton and we made a meal of it. And mm. uh, what do we, um, what do we think about this general run-in at the moment and perhaps uh, what it augurs for our two games this week? Well, I, it does feel as though um, the, the, the injuries and the smallness of the squad, but in particular the smallness of the of the squad you can rely on to win games for you, has caught up with us a bit. I felt it was a leggy performance against Brighton, and you know Rice coming back not not you know quite match sharp, um, uh, and, and you know it, we felt this might happen. It was always on the cards. You know we've we've. Um, overachieved without any question and uh you know somewhere down the line things you know is going to catch up with you um uh, having said that you know um we we you know we created some charges toward the end of the uh of the first half uh, you know we started to you know the half time came at a bad time didn't it we were just getting into our into our stride yeah yeah Webbo, what did you make of it? Well, it's funny when you. The, I think first of all, the, the the point would be, I think every team has had this patch in their season. Yeah, uh, ours is ours is now. Such is life, you know. It's the and I think we've managed to overcome such adversity with losing effectively the spine of our team at times. Um, yeah. And then you'd have to argue that perhaps people like Suchek and and Lingard are looking like they really have they they haven't missed a second of football. And that's probably starting to show. But do you know what? The way we went to Burnley and won, I thought that we were going to do the same when we went to Brighton. I act, I agree with you, Phil. You know that we've never done ever pl- doing well against Everton. Please do yeah. me a favour. Never going to happen. Doesn't matter what kind of season you're having or not. I, I don't mind the fact that we struggled against sides that are obviously in and around us. But I must say, I did think that we would see yet another bounce against Brighton in the way that we saw that kind of positivity against Burnley. Having said all that, though, given the fact that we're nowhere near out of it yet, if if I had to buy 
that draw or losing two points because Ben Rama broke his duck. Perhaps in the medium to long term, that, that you know, if you ask me if I, you know, if, if I had to make a decision, perhaps for the long term future of him and us, getting a goal may be a decent investment. Yeah, 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 I agree. Um, uh, earlier today, I wasted a huge amount of time um, going back through our last, you know, two, four, six, eight, ten, twelve, sort of basically starting with Vill- uh, the Villa game in which Lingard made his debut, trying to sort of see if there's any sort of pattern to what our best kind of attacking group of players from Antonio, Lingard, Ben Rama, Bowen, and Four Nows is. But basically, those four rotate a lot and it doesn't really seem to make any difference to the result. You can't say we're worse when Bowen is in the team or we're mm. better when Ben Rama's in the team because we've had every conceivable combination of those players. It's quite interesting. The 3-1 Lingard debut is uh, Antonio up front with just Lingard and Ben Rama behind him, but we're playing wing-backs. Crespo yeah. plays... And Kufal plays, but Fredericks plays as well. So I think it must have been, unless it was Kufal at the sort of right of a back three, or Fredericks playing on the wrong side, the other side of Cresswell, which is more likely. I can't remember the game, to be honest, but um, I remember Lingard scored some great goals. So that happened, and that, you know, we got three goals in that game. Obviously, Lingard is fired up because it's his debut. And there are a couple of others sort of, you know, um, there's every conceivable f- formation of players has been has been played. You know, one one thing people have said was, you know, we've been found out sort of since our run of those games where we scored three goals, you know, in the first sort of five minutes, uh, <laughs> the, the Arsenal, the the Wolves and Leicester, we've been found out. I mean, you know, I'm not sure I totally, I mean, it's probably just a semantic thing, but I think we've been found out in the way that people go, well, they score lots of goals, let's stop them scoring goals, which isn't exactly <laughs> wow. lots of chalk on a blackboard, <laughs> sort of like a beautiful mind. Crazy it's more like me that's... hitting my knee on the coffee table and working out that my knee hurts because I've hit it on the coffee table. It's sort of, I don't, you know, we've been found out in the way that, you know, Ancelotti and, Tuchel and Graham Potter found out that you have to try and stop the other team scoring goals. And that's sort of the rules of football, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> um, what do you make of it all, Russ? Oh, yeah, Russ. What do you no, I, I was going to say, I think, I think you know, it's, it, to be honest, I mean, the last two games particularly, even the Brighton game to some extent, but definitely the, the Chelsea game, the Everton game, um, particularly the Everton game, you know, it's, I think it's a compliment to us that, you know, sort of Everton came and, and did a West Ham, yeah. you know, sort yeah. of let us just play in front of them and you know we're best when we're counting attacking you know that's what we that's what we are you yeah. know we we've got the pace and and so i think anytime we're on the ball it's like we, we just don't know what to do with it what's, what's this round thing you know yeah. it's like, and i think and i think our downturn has, has just just proven i think how important mr rice is to the team because i think not only him as a person but thomas uh suchek looks half the player i think when Dexon's not playing um and so you know it was great to have him back for the for the brighton game but you know he's obviously not match fit um uh, you know i'm 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 like mark i'm half glass full I, you know I've, I'm, I'm i'm loving this season i think it's fantastic you know um no disrespect to the three of you but i haven't had been around for as long as you guys so you know i don't remember the good times i was i was only five when the boys yeah. were eight, so well, do, well we'd have to we're not 140 either we don't remember the good times either it's just great phil i i've done a bit of it's interesting because i've done a bit of statistical analysis today myself i was, I was at a loose end and um i was kind of curious about uh, something i read on one of the forums and uh, uh, you know and there are a lot of people make comments about the difference that particular players make, um, you know, when to, to the average points you score over a period of time. And um, I thought, oh, I'll just have a quick look at that and look at players that have been out for any kind of significant period of time and, and just look at whether we, we seem to be better with or, or without them, as it were. And the thing that really startled me, actually, is that the, the, the one that seems to make the biggest difference is Masuaki. 
With mm. Masuaku in the team, we've averaged 1.9 points per game without him 1.5. He, he makes quite a big difference. He, ma- he makes our best formation make sense, doesn't yeah. he? He does. And, and plus, plus, so there's A there. See, I'm, I'm with you, Jim. A, there's that. And B, when he was playing, we also had everybody available. So he so he actually happened to feature it. I suppose if we pick our best eleven for the end of the of the season, you know, in, obviously to obviously not rain all over Russ's break copyright him. Um, <laughs> but it's, it's it, he's there, isn't he? And he's yeah. there because he is. He became the perfect foil. This is a man that pretty much no one wanted to see play for us for totally. three seasons solid. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, and now he feels like, in his absence, arguably the catalyst for us not being quite a, a absolute tip-top as we have at certain points this year. Well, after, after Rice is injured, uh, which is the Arsenal game, we play twice and we win both those games and Masuaku plays in them. Yeah. And those are his only two games in this Weird. entire There you go. Yeah. He goes the only two again. times he's played with Lingard. Yeah, we win. We win both the games in which he plays. It, um, but it does seem, you know, that that you know, Russ, you're absolutely right. It is. It is. Uh, and, and I think Jim, you sort of said this last week that that Tuchel and um, Ancelotti. It's it's sort of flattering that basically they yeah. are doing what were they not Tuchel and Ancelotti? Were they Sam Allardyce in the nineties? Would be called parking the bus. Yeah. You know, yeah. they set out to just soak it up with no attacking intent and just see how they got on for the first, you know, 60 minutes of the game or whatever and just try and hit us on the break. And, um, you know, it is it is then incumbent on, you know, a team that, that is predicated on attacking football like we sort of have, have been, albeit on the break, to find our way through. And again... You know, it, it felt quite reminiscent of the Everton game, the Brighton game, didn't it? We we did seem to have lots of position in their half and we couldn't seem to find a way through. And I thought in the first half, especially against Brighton, I just felt that we were like 25% off our sort of optimum tempo. Yes. I, we were knocking it about very well and passing very accurately, but in slight slow motion compared to some other games. <clears throat> it lacked intensity, yeah. didn't it? It really did. Um, yeah. I think, to be fair to Brighton, that, that, that I mean, they had their moments in the game. And I, I to, to be fair to them, I, I there's the whole thing of the old cliche of league tables not lying. But I think if there is a team in a slightly false position, it's possibly them. I, I, I was worried about the game. You know, A, there's the history of, of not having beaten them in the Premier League. Um, but they actually play decent football. They knock it yeah. about. They keep it well. And they've drawn a lot of games. You know, there, there haven't been too many. They haven't been thrashed too many times. They're not, you know, they're not a, a Sheffield United uh, this season. And, yeah. you know, it, yeah, it, every game is tough. There, are, there really aren't easy games in the league. And, I must say as well. I, would, I, I, I must the, the intensity thing I get, but but back on Russ's point on that that you just that you made there, the point is you, what you can't do is be dynamic and speedy all the way to the goal line because basically you're hitting bodies twenty yards out. Mm. So at that point, and where you see Man City being so successful is their absolute skill set, and guess what? They've got the players to do it who find the little spaces and the one-touch football yeah. and the pass-and-go and old-fashioned one-twos, all these little things. Plus, also, they always had the ball. You know, they're 85% possession or something. Yeah. Mad, you know, and, and and there's always patience there and they can break them down. And then you get the lead goal and guess what? The other team has to open up, which is where City end up getting three or four goals because they've, they've broken them down. So intensity is a tough one to maintain. Because what yeah. you can't do is you can't tear us at eight, nine men across the 18-yard line. Yeah, yeah. The, 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 in the Everton game, we seem to get kind of reduced to putting in quite hopeful crosses at sort of head height. And um, 
I noticed really early on against Brighton, I think Fournells put a low, hard cross into the six-yard box that we just didn't have anyone close enough to to attack. And um, Well, I think with Everton as well, I mean, Everton, you know, clearly, I mean, you know, when our top assister this season is Aaron Cresswell, it's quite clearly what our game plan is. You know, he's, yeah. he's, you know, he's crossing the ball in his late runs in for Suchek. And to be honest, Angelotti knew that. So he, he plays Jerry Mina, who's probably the only one who physically can can hold up Antonio in the Premier yeah. League. You know, he's a big lad, that Jerry Mina. And he was yeah. fantastic. And obviously, I think we took note from that because obviously come the Brighton game, I don't think there was many crosses at head height as much. It was more... At, at ground level or sort of, you know, yeah. chest level, which is, yeah, Brighton got, even with Dunkout and various others, they still had three big boys in Ben White and all the other, the other two as well. So, um, yeah, it's, uh, it, I, I totally agree with what Mark said. You know, Man City used to be playing 60 to 85% possession of the ball. We, we're not. Um, we're, mm. we're always the guys who are the 30% and counter-attack. So, you know, when someone does give us the option to play with the ball, we're like, okay. Um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and, and and can I and you go if we go back to Masako on that, which is clearly a massively important point. And then, Russ, your point about the fact that Cresswell gets those assists. The reason I think that works is, and this was when particularly when Bayern was in was in form, which I think we all agree is probably not been the case for recent games, and and therefore he's been in and out, and I don't think that's helped either. But the but when you've got Cresswell and Masako as your option. For the for the assist ball from the left, yeah. What that means is it's going to come from different angles, and defenders don't know which man's going to deliver. Equally, when you've got Sufal down the right and his compadre, which yeah. uh, when we were, I guess, when we were on in our pomp, that was Bowen earlier on. Yeah, yeah. You had a, you had a similar dynamic on the right hand side, so it's it's the, so off, more often than not, it's not that you've got one great threat. Is that the opposition don't know which of the two decent threats yeah, is coming at yeah. them? Yeah, it's um, it has become problematic, hasn't it? I mean, I guess I guess it is that really that you know the other teams have been playing since our little run of three nil or, or three goal uh, games really are just um, packing, you know. The, the last third in front of us and it's just difficult to pick our way through it. Um, and I just want, I don't know, I don't really know what the kind of answer to that is in a way. It's like, I mean, I, I you know, the, the the way we deploy Antonio, which is we we like him to, to sort of run at them. And I think because he wasn't getting much joy against Brighton uh, because of their packed area, he was sort of coming a bit deeper and trying to pick the ball up in deeper positions. And, and wider, sort of, and wider yeah, as well. Yeah. Wider, exactly. And sort of get a, you know, get a running start to, to sort of, you know, power at them. Um that does mean that you're playing sort of with a, you know, whatever, like a false nine because you just don't have a striker anymore. He's joining the midfield. And and it was, you know, that 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 perfect sort of cross. I think it was for Nals, very dangerous into their six-yard box. Just had no one get on the end of it. And, mm-hmm. and you're like, you know, um, David Cross, when we had him on the podcast, said that, you know, he would say to the rest of the team, you put it in that area, whether it looks like I'm there or not, and I will hurl myself at it and try and get it in the net, you know. Yeah. And um, it, it sort of didn't feel like we 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 had anyone there that was going to sort of do that, that was going to, was a dedicated sort of finisher, a dedicated goal hanger, a dedicated sort of sniffer, which because when the, when the other team are, sort of sitting very deep, you could have someone that's basically on the shoulder of the last defender because especially if someone gets to the byline and crosses, there's no danger of offside. They've just got to get it. They've just got to get their toe to it before anyone else does. And this syndrome of trying to get... It's, 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 it's the trying to make things happen syndrome, isn't it? And, and my God, Wayne Rooney spent half of his... Back end of his career being that kind of player. Yeah. Harry Kane's become that kind of player is that, yeah. okay, I will go and make things happen in a different place because it's not happening here. But, of course, I guess what happens is, if it's working well, is that whoever's in the side in that role, which would be Ben Rama or Lingard, fills the space. 
Yeah. You know, that that's that's the trick, isn't it? Is not everyone doesn't disappear into the middle third of the pitch. Is that if, if Antonio goes, someone someone else is there. And and let's be honest with you, what a weapon Antonio is for that, given yeah. the fact that he's actually his skill set. He's a you know, he's a wide man, you know. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I thought um, the referee didn't give Lingard much protection. They definitely targeted Lingard, didn't they? Um, Basuma kicked him up in the air a couple yeah. of times. Yeah, um, early on. You know, uh, and, you know, it's difficult. When when you've been clattered a few times, I, I think it does put, um, uh, you know, doubts in your, in your mind. And he was subdued, wasn't he, Lingard? He has been, perhaps, you could argue, for the last two or three games. But I felt he was a little bit, you know, off his best. Um, and another another thing with Masuaku, I know we, I know we keep going back to Masuaku, but he's he's one of the only players who will turn and run. With yeah. Ball. You know, from yeah. left back, from left, left wing back, he'll turn and run. And he's got a trick in him. And, you know, we team, we try to, to pass it along, uh, you know, and, and I think he scares people. And uh, I mean, yeah, I mean, the Brighton game, I think s- there were several times I looked up and, and, and Sue Fowl was playing sort of centre forward. You know, he was coming mm. yeah. and Kept staying there, lot, but, didn't he? So desperate to get a goal for the end of the season, you know, he's like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. I think, yeah, given, I think so. given, given the fact that he's been in front, that he's been like four yards out on previous occasions, yeah, yeah, looking yeah. desperately for the pass. He, did, yeah. <laughs> the, he never, he never spent all season not wanting to shoot. But it's no, funny, you, you're again on the match, but this is where if Bowen retained his form, Bowen yeah. runs at men, yeah. and when Ben Rama does hit his stride when he's in his pump again mm. a, a gorgeous dribbler with the ball but of course he's in this he's been in this slight hold of the dilemma isn't he where he's had to learn to do the jobs that David Moyes expects of him yeah, yeah. Uh, but what that tends not to, what that tends to mean is that he, he has to get rid of that idea which I think he probably had at Brentford which is which is like run at him all the time don't worry we'll cover you yeah, but that doesn't yeah. that doesn't work with us I sort of feel like, I feel exactly that. I sort of think that in his first few games for us, sometimes when he came off the bench, uh, he was, you know, uh, looking to, to to turn and run with the ball, looking to mm. sort of be the star of the show. He'd just come from being a sort of big fish in the Brentford pond. And I think he has um, sort of... You know, made things a little difficult for himself because he doesn't know what to do now. I think he might have been sort of told off a couple of times, and um, uh, you know, when he just hugs the touchline, uh, he's not deploying himself in the best sort of possible way. It's like you can't say to every single player, just have the freedom of the pitch because then you're just going to look like a schoolboy football game. But in a sense. You know, Lingard obviously does have that role that, you know, they've just said to him, just get the ball to Jesse and he'll do whatever he wants with it. Unfortunately, Ben Rama is kind of that player as well. Bowen is... Bowen generally has quite a good um, ability to be a traditional winger, but yeah. to come inside... When on the other foot, yeah. To do that. Yes, because he's on his... He's cut, he's always cutting in, so it's sort of... Um, there was, what was the guy... Ben, they, it, it, he hadn't started, I think, at all or barely, and he was given the 10, wasn't he, uh, yeah. at one point, Ben Rama, and he had an absolute stinker. And yeah. it's really weird because it was it almost said that he, when you get, he was given all the freedom to do what he wanted... He didn't know what he wanted to do with it, no. and and I think perhaps he does need a role. And and listen, he cut he cut he would often come from wide for Brentford, with as we yeah. know enormous success. So it's it's you know that's kind of his thing. So I, I just getting that goal. I think I'm, I'm I really just feel it's that all my kids on the on the Moni WhatsApp group with I with my children, um, which is I, I try to avoid the results and. I know that at a certain time, if there's a, if the WhatsApp starts pinging, it's moaning. They don't yeah, do yeah. celebrity. It's not celebrity WhatsApp. It's, it's like Jesus Christ, we're going to get him. Living. But but uh, Matthew, my middle son, is forever saying, I, I, "I fancy Benny for a go in this game." So he's only said it all season. <laughs> so so he got this one right, and and I just I, I, I'm kind of with that principle. I mean, he has he has cleared the crossbar time and time and time yeah. again yeah. and then to score his first goal with the ball ending up only halfway up the post but yeah. unstoppable it's was funny, a joy 
So what? I thought he's going to score this. When it came out to him, I thought this is in the goal because I sort of thought he's he's missed the goal like the one against Burnley by kind of bending the ball, you know, and trying to be a bit clever with the ball. And it came out to him and I just thought, no, he's going to keep it down. He almost hit it with top spin so that it was the sort of thing Julian Dix used to do a lot, which is like somehow put something on the ball that just makes it not rise. Just like it didn't go, you know, it went into the goal at like, you know, no more than sort of chest height. Uh, Incredible piece of technique, that finish. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you want an e-bike that doesn't look like it's made for the shopping precinct, something that's less Mr Bean and more Steve McQueen, check out the range of bikes from London-based Cooler King. From dope 250-watt city bikes to Harley Bobber-inspired 750-watt beasts that can tear your face off while leaving your smile intact. Cooler Kings are made in limited numbers, yet highly affordable. Check them out now on the web at cooler.bike or find them on Instagram with hashtag CoolerKingBike. Cooler.bike. E-bikes that are cool AF. But it was great. You know, it was it was it, it was not an easy finish, but it was. You know, it was there sort of on a plate. He was in space, you know, he'd been picked out and uh, he didn't mess it up, you know, and I think that, you know, should give him a lot of confidence. All of these guys, in a sense, and especially Ben Rama, if we if we don't happen to keep Lindgaard, you know, if we were to, if we were to get, you know, someone up top, a sort of striker, a real dead-eye target man, I sort of think that Bowen... Ben Rama, Fornals, Masuaku are going to sort of come into their own. You know, getting Jesse Lingard was brilliant, absolutely brilliant. And, you know, there's no doubt about that. But he is a sort of a slightly better version of Bowen and Ben Rama. And I think yeah. if they, you know, without Lingard there, I think they can, they can you know, expand their roles. You know, I, think um, both, yeah. I really um, like both of those players. I wonder what Moyes sees as the ideal system because I mean, we, we've seen a lot of him going for that three-man central defence and the wing-backs with, with Masuaku. He obviously likes Masuaku, picks him when he's, when he's fit and available. Um, and Cresswell obviously has settled very well into that role as a, as a left-sided centre-back. Um, I, I, but he's played a lot of 4-4-2, well, four not quite four four two before you know whatever yeah. with, with three at front with one man at front with Antonio and then three behind um he's played that back four quite a lot I felt Cresswell was badly exposed at left back uh, against Brighton. I thought they got down our uh, left hand side far too easily far too often um and and he he looked struggling a little bit for pace um I felt so yeah. if we are going to play a back four then we still we still need a left back, don't we? I mean, if we Absolutely. are going to consistently, you know, it allows you to play that extra creative. You know, it feels like the place for Ben Rama is in a in a team where you play with the back four, because then you can have that kind of number ten role behind behind the striker. But uh, and I think that's where ideally he is suited. I thought he, his best game for us was was that Burnley game where he was. More of a free spirit, I thought, and 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 the interplay between him and Lanzini and and um, Lingard, uh, you know, Fornals was fantastic to watch in that game. Yeah. Um, but you know, it it it's it it throws up you know issues with regard to transfer priorities and whatever. And I'm just interested to know which way Moyes you think Moyes will go. Yeah, I really? think Craig Clemson posted once on uh, Facebook that he'd seen an interview with David Moyes sort of, you know, earlier this season where he was saying, you know, I'm, I'm playing this system with these players because they're, I'm just trying to find a system that works with the players I inherited from Pellegrini. And obviously I've bought and sort of strengthened. But I, 
don't set out to play a very low possession, hit them on the break style of football. I'm doing it because that's what I've got the players for, you know, and I think he he would like to play a kind of a style of football that was a bit more possession based, but he feels that this, you know, the, this, this way of playing, a kind of hit them on the break style suits what he's got at the moment, you know. So, you know, remember- I really like the ways I, 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 I would say, you know, as the season comes in, I, I think it's it's been amazing how adaptable David Moyes, not the youngest manager in the world, certainly not a man whose reputation before him suggests that he's that he's kind of like that malleable. But that we we had, we, we saw it early on in this in the, when we couldn't play, but when Masaku went out, he tried to just basically fill the gap. He tried to play someone where Masaku was, and he, and he was like, well, okay. We haven't got a bloke who plays like that, so we'll change the system. I, I think he's done extremely well at, at doing that. And it, he's, there's been a little bit of learning as you go along. I think we've seen Mark Noble he try to install Mark Noble into midfield yeah. to help the midfield. And Mark Noble had terrible games of football when he was on the same pitch as Rice and Sufal, uh, Sorry, and Suchek. But then when he came in for Declan Rice, you can't be Declan Rice. But I thought we had tremendous games. Yes, he when did. He a started. Really good games. And and, yeah. and and you'd argue, and, and I think I, I, part of Ben Johnson, I've I've just felt for him every time because that, that's the he that kid has got no experience and has been played as bad, out of position as he possibly yeah. could of being asked to do things which patently he's probably never done in his entire, albeit short career. So it's one of the great positives for me from this season is that when injuries have occurred. Or, or bookings or, you know, suspensions or whatever it is, whenever we've had to change personnel, we've pretty much, pretty quickly adapted the formation to get the best out of what we got. Yeah, yeah. I totally agree. I, I, you know, I think necessity has been the mother of invention for him a lot. And, and I, I agree. I, I think it's remarkable watching, um, I've said it in recent podcasts, watching a manager do his job in that, in that way, you know, yeah. with such... You know, you know, you know, just just reshuffling the deck and 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 coming up, you know, time and again with with performances that are not just effective but but exciting as well. I mean, that Burnley so, game is a case in point. I think everyone was surprised by the lineup when they saw it. A lot of people were predicting, oh, we'll just try and graft a point there. But you know, it was like you know, it was the Cavaliers, wasn't it? It was just absolutely fantastic champagne football, really. Um, I've got to say, can. So sorry to go to Russ would have been, because Russ would have been there. The one I, I got to go through work to it's the one disappointing game for me, and you just see it from the same height I did, Russ, was the Liverpool game. Yeah. In which I think that it was kind of perhaps the one obvious mistake that we saw that it, and I'd say probably it's got to be from the management point of view, in which it's the classic I thought he he gave Liverpool too much respect. Yeah, yeah. And when you sit in where Russ's position is, <laughs> man alive, can you see the field of play? <laughs> and and, and, they, and and Liverpool were played with pretty much no confidence for half a game of football. And then suddenly they start to say, like, they're not gonna they're not coming to take this game away from us. Yeah. And and so they did a job yeah. on us. Yeah, it's, yeah. It's so true. Yeah, I agree. It's, it's so true. I think that's the only Oh, not not criticism because I don't want to criticise this this season. But you know, it is against the the bigger teams. We seem to have have given as as Mark said, show them a bit too much respect. Liverpool, particularly, I'm thinking the Man United game in the cup oh, as well. Yeah, um, you know, it, it's it's a bit frustrating. Um, but I think you know what I like about Moyes is as you, as we said about the Burnley game, he was pragmatic. At the end of the day, he only had attackers. So, you know, yeah. no was out, everyone's out. <laughs> Might as well just play them all and see what happens, you know, roll the yeah. dice. But he's, he's you know, he's adaptable enough to do that. And, um, Christ, you know, look look at the injuries. I mean, when, you know, it's Antonio's a bit like the hokey-cokey, isn't he? One week he's in, next week he's out. Yeah, absolutely. And, and they've adjusted to it. Um, the only thing we haven't been able to adjust to is, is I think, Declan Rice being out. That's, yeah. I think, then Lanzini, as you said, Lanzini, this oh. best best performance I've seen in, in a couple of years. You know, so yeah, yeah then um, got injured. You know, yeah. I mean, we could have possibly done with Lanzini against Brighton in terms Agreed. of sort of picking picking holes yeah. in defences with good passing. Um, I've really, really enjoyed seeing him get something resembling you know the pre-injury form back. Yeah, yeah. and it yeah. And, and I think and I think a lot of that is to do with. It's, surely it's to do with being a happy camper with the rest of them. 
It, yeah. You know, because because he's because basically he came back. You know, he's obviously he's not the man he was, but he's also in a team that's struggling, and and it and it manifested itself, I think, in his own performances. Yeah. When he's been playing of, of recent weeks for us, it, he looks like he just got the old pep in his step. Yeah, I agree, and I mean, you know, even if he sort of um, he is moved on in the summer, I think the notion that he could. Um, uh, compensate for his kind of you know lack of explosive speed with having a more deep lying um, you know sort of position where you know once he hits his thirties he'll be like Perlo barely leaving the center circle and just throwing <laughs> passes around you know that's um you know that's not yeah. a bad thing it's not a sort of bad way to sort of put him in the shop window because I think certainly a few weeks ago we were probably thinking we'll say goodbye to him in the summer we'll try and unload Felipe Anderson you know he's Lanzini is probably one of the players that we'll be saying goodbye to because we've sort of got Ben Rama now you know um, um I think what he's yeah and what his performance against Burnley showed is that in some against certain oppositions, when you are going to have a bit more of the ball, and you're not you're not having to press and press and 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 win it back all the time, you know there is scope for us not to play Rice and so of choice not to play Rice and Suchek together or or as a or as a double yeah. pivot. You know there is room for uh, one of them, Rice presumably, and uh, and a a sort of deep lying playmaker, and maybe you know Suchek maybe. Maybe as a you know in in the old Fellaini role as a kind of more advanced threat in the box. Um, yeah. So I think you know it was it was it was a really encouraging performance because I don't think Lanzini's got that snap of pace to play to play that that kind of just off the striker role that he used to play. You know, for a while it looked wonderful with those few games with Ar- with uh, Arnautovic. You know, when they, yeah. they got they kind of got together, but he's just lost that little kind of first yard of snap that you mentioned mark and um but as a deep line playmaker you need that you get a little bit more time and space on the ball don't you in your own sort of central third of the pitch we and these barely, we, we barely saw that um that that team before lanzini got injured but it was weird again it was david moyes coming in after slaven bilic just trying to make some sense of this dysfunctional bag of footballers he'd inherited and it just felt like especially in that when we went up to um Huddersfield to beat them 4-1. It felt like it was like a football match with no midfield in it. We basically defended and hit them on the break. And 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 that was a sort of it, it probably was like that because part of the problem with the Billich team and uh the Pellegrini team was a lack of a, a central midfield. Yes. Um and uh, we probably did have to just basically miss it out. Have three at the back, defend, will you know, and I suppose wing backs was the sort of key to that, you know, um when Moyes first came in. And again, Masuaku, he got Masuaku uh going as a sort of um a wing back and uh, we just sort of ran at we defended and then broke. Uh, I think also I think I think with Lanzini as well, he, he plays better. Uh, I think, you know, when you look at when he's when he's been his most effective, um, arguably when he was with Payet. Um, we've said he, when he was being in Outovich, you know, when he got injured first time he was out, he came back, Pyatt had gone and he was the guy we was, he was the yeah. rough diamond we were looking at. And I think that was too much pressure on him. And then he, and then he gets injured, comes back and on Outovich, he's got, he's got a foil. He goes away, he's come back. He's got Ben Rama, Lingard. He's got, he's got people around him who, yeah. He can interact yeah. with, you know, rather than pragmatic players. So um, I think, you know, obviously, hopefully the European tour is on. And and I think I think keep him because I think, you know, particularly in Europe, he'll be, he'll be yeah. brilliant. You know, I, I would, brilliant. do you know, I, mean, I would definitely keep him. And there yeah. is, as anything else, because the, the kind of football we're talking about is now. And we talked about earlier on that you said there, Russ, about the fact that we're kind of obviously having to play in front of, mm. you know, two banks of four got the capacity to find that little pass. He, yeah. he physically looks like a Man City player yeah. and he's yeah. got that he's got that little pass in him as well. And and that kind of like the, the key to unlock pack defences is pretty much, he's the holder of that. I think Ben Rama will be that guy as well, but it wouldn't hurt to have someone who is also on the bench who can do that job. No, and that's where I see, I imagine Lanzini would 
kind of ultimately be? Because we obviously clearly what we need to be, as, as Russ pointed out there, once we start that European tour, come on with that half full glass again, Russ, um, <laughs> is, is we going to need, that's the 16 or 17 men are going to all have to look like they're abs- pretty much interchangeable as the first yeah. 11. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um <clears throat> So, so Russ, uh, now, now we've we've had uh, pretty much like beyond a calendar year inside yeah. the stadium with no fans. What's it like? Um, it's normal now. That's that's the honest, <laughs> that's the honest thing. Honestly, it's so you know I'm, I'm very much a creature of habit. So it was. We, I mean, there was. I think I was going to count it. I think it's, it must be tw- over twenty. Well, it's something like 20, 22, 23 games we've had there um, without any fans. Uh, and Mark will attribute to it. It's 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 just so bizarre. It started off very very strange, um, but it's become normal now. So you know, uh, and you know, I like to. I, go, I sometimes I go out and have a listen, and all you can hear is David Moyes shouting and various yeah. other people shouting, and 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 the journalists tapping on their keyboards, and and that's it. Yeah. So. Um, it is a very, very bizarre thing. Um, very strange. I mean, it's, I mean, it's great for me. I, I mean, I get a car park space. Well, I, I did. Obviously, not on Sunday now. So back to normal. Back to commuting into the ground. But uh, it's uh, it's it's been weird. It's been very strange. And yeah. um, I'm I'm really excited to start getting fans in the in the in the ground. And oh god, you know, yeah. So it's, did, uh, you, it's, did you notice sort of anything changing over the year? Because because when when it first started, there were quite a few score lines of yeah. like four three and stuff like that quite a lot of games with lots of goals and I was sort of just idly wondering whether that's because it all these games felt a bit like training games yeah, to I the players so. I think so you know, I, I it was difficult so. for them to sort of get used to there being no fans mm-hmm. and what of course footballers do all the time is play games of football without fans but those games don't really matter very much. So quite often training games end up, you know, 5-4 and stuff like that. When you split your squad into half and put half of them in fluorescent bibs and they play each other, you know, they quite often end up being, you know, um, you know, 4-3 and 5-7 and stuff like that. And uh, that's that's there's still some high scores but not as many as there were when those sort of games behind closed doors first happened do you think that there's do you think that they've got used to it russ i mean i, I mean, they obviously have, yeah. they will have done but i think they have yeah i mean and you know we've always tried to keep it almost like it was a match day so we yeah. still have all the music playing we still yeah. have the videos we still have yeah. we have you know so you know we still have certain things and i think but you know there's no there's no substitute for as soon as that whistle goes you know there's nothing coming out the speakers it's it's yeah. all they say so it is just like a, a training game and it is the strangest thing in the world really um and yeah i can totally got that because it you know it is i mean to be to be fair i mean that you know great thing about this team as well this squad this season is you know the togetherness and you know they do stuff that you know so so now for example the first time ever i've I've been doing the the stuff at west ham for 20 years now this is my 20th season double testimonial year this year but um the first the first time i've ever seen a a team so an hour and a half they go and have a walk around the pitch like literally round round the outside all of them all in there all of their masks and track suits and jocelyn and david's there and, and and kevin's there and all the boys are there and and it was like, what? You know, this is like a real togetherness of the team. And, yeah, brilliant. And, and, right. I, think, but I think that's I, I, really key. That's really key because obviously there's no fans there. So you have to be together. You have to have the closeness uh, bond. I think that's why we've been so strong this season because I, we've got a real team spirit. And it's, I, it's and I think almost, I, do you know what I'm, I'm more looking forward to? I'd argue the European football or, or, or I'm more looking forward to simply to put it to bed is the theory the completely impossible to prove theory that's been banded about is that we're a better team because we didn't have fans in the stadium yeah. in the way that other teams have had i mean you know we, we don't own that idea you know people have said that about you know liverpool struggled this year because they haven't got you know the copies empty etc yeah. man city have been brilliant because they've you know they haven't got the pressure of a crowd the first the, the, i think the one and only point about that is you don't know, and you'll never be able to prove it because no. there's nothing to compare it with. So let's. So you take once you take that into account. I think that I am looking forward to us 
en masse as a crowd putting that to bed so that when we are playing, obviously at home in particular, and things aren't as good as they were and aren't peak and aren't tip-top, that we don't become this crowd that people think we are, that we're yeah. toxic and that our toxicity affects the players. I yeah, just yeah. I just want this year, that, that our next season, not to be the season that, that proves an improvable theory. Yeah, yeah. Did you? Did any of you guys happen to listen to that Peter Crouch podcast with Mark Noble on it? Yeah, I did. Yeah, yeah. it's interesting, isn't it? I mean, you know, when you, you know, occasionally, um, <clears throat> I'm sure you have this with my Hammers Eleven, um, Russ, and occasionally with with Stop Hammer Time, you you all the players we've had on have been terrific value. Obviously we've had a lot of the boys of 86 on and they're, you know, they've got great stories and stuff, but occasionally you get players that give you a little bit of insight into what being a professional footballer is like. And we as football fans are interested to just, because basically that sort of, what do they do all week on a training ground? What do they do all week? That is the question that in, you know, a slightly less aggressive and confrontational way, we all sort of genuinely wonder what it's like. And Noble, um, who has played under three different owners, nine different managers with probably, you know, several hundred different players said, Four different home grounds as well, isn't it? I think if I'm yeah, right. Yeah, it's yeah, yeah, four different home grounds. Yeah, four yeah, different yeah. home grounds. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the one in Woolwich, obviously. <laughs> yeah, naturally. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Hermit Road, he started out at. He started yeah, out there, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and uh, he said, you know, I, we look forward to going to work. We look forward yeah. to the mood amongst this squad. And he said, you know, he was very quick to say that the Czech boys have a lot to do with that. They're just personalities. They're really fun. They're really positive, cheerful guys. But you sort of sense that from the rest of the team as well. Bowen seems like a really good bloke. Uh, Lingard seems like a good guy. You know, uh, he looks forward to going to work. And, I mean, for Mark Noble to say that it's you know and it didn't feel like he's saying that as a thing he feels he ought to say because he will have doubtless played in uh teams where you know the mood is not great the 2010-11 the Avram Grant sort of season I think going to work must not have been that much fun at that time and there is that sort of thing that regardless of crowds being there or not being in there that that it's a team that's sort of able to pump themselves up you know Definitely. Yeah. Definitely. I mean, I think, um, Weber, a lot of the, you know, the toxicity that you that you refer to, I, I think there was a, you, know, you can go right back to that burn, that home defeat to Burnley. You know, there was a lot of uh, conflating of the anger and and uh, disillusion with the board and, and the, the move and, and the stadium and whatnot with, with, um, what was happening on the, on the pitch, I think. And, and yeah. I, I think it, I think the, at times, was an atmosphere that 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 um, kind of leaked its way through to to the, Definitely. To the players, I suspect. And yeah, I I agree with you. I hope, I really hope, we um, you know that 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 gets turned around a bit. But I think the the owners the owners have got to you know the, we, so often you know we've had seasons like this, we've had moments like this with with groups of players where we've all been glass half full and optimistic and so on. But the owners, not just this lot, you can go right back. You can go right back to the 60s and to the 80, post-85, 86 era. You know, we, the the story of West Ham has been a failure to capitalise on these moments, a failure to yeah. invest at this point. And I, You know, I think they have, they've got to do the right thing. They've got to trust Moyes. They've got to, uh, and, and Moyes has got to do the PR on his transfer policy because I, I, there's a danger, it seems to be two dangers. One, there is just a failure properly to reinvest and we are left with glaring spaces in the squad that, that we all know that we need to fill. And that's very frustrating as fans. But I think the other danger is that Sullivan wants the limelight and will go, uh, I, I will, will chase, spend the whole summer chasing the big names, you know, 50 million pound striker that, you know, deep down, we've probably never got any hope of actually signing or, Actually, when he turns up, you know, won't won't really be interested, and will start to poison that team spirit that you talked about, Russ. I just hope that doesn't happen. I just hope, you know, Moyes is Moyes is trusted. 
we start to you know fill those key positions that we can all see we need uh and and there's a sense of optimism going into the season on the back of what we've what we've achieved this this season that would be my my guess is that um that uh that that notion died on the hill that is Sepalea. I think and I kind of I kind of hope you know with all due respect to him you know who's gone off and he's making you know he's got his career going again um what Davis, what Moyes has done in particular with with Dawson, with Bowen, so to a certain extent with Fredericks, who I think has been has proved him, has started to prove himself to be a, a really good squad player, you know, yeah. kind of you know, really useful man to have around, and with the and with the loaning and then the signing of Ben Rama, is what I think we're definitely already seeing a strong David Moyes influence on what's going on, and and I'm. My suspicion, or my guess, or my or my hope, would be that they would allow that what will happen. It will carry on in the same vein. And listen, if we can't keep Lingard, and if if someone gives 150 million quid for Declan Rice, so be it. But I think that there's clear. And let me put it this way: I'll ask you all. My feeling is potentially Mark Noble would have quit at the end of this season if we hadn't had this season. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, maybe. Definitely, yeah. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, absolutely. And I I wouldn't have blamed him. No, no. (laughs) But also, I think with David Moyes, I mean, the fact is, you know, he's come in and, and, you know, in essence, what he's almost done straight away pretty much uh, or very early on in his tenure is loan out, loan, send and let Anderson go out on loan. Yeah, yeah. um, Our second most expensive player. Take a 50% hit on Sebastian Haller. No one would have yeah. agreed that, you know, because it's it's money. But he's, you can tell he's coming and says, "I don't want them." You know, they're they're not my boys. You know, they're yeah. they're they're not what I want. And and you know, it, it's you know, it said in January that he didn't spend the money because the striker he wanted wasn't available. Fair enough. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Fair I thought, I thought that was. Bro- yeah. I really like that. I love yeah. the fact that he said no. I, I got. Yeah. You see, I I borrowed Jesse Lingard, arguably the player of the yeah. season. Yeah, you know, and, a, and I. It was a sort of extraordinary kind of um, fury amongst West Ham fans that, that that they didn't pick up a striker in the winter. And, you know, I think I might have said this last week, they sort of pointed at um, the guy that Fulham got in, um, who Imagine. scored a goal on his debut. And I said... We well, we got this guy who scored two on his debut. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and it's yeah, almost because yeah. he's not literally called a striker. They yeah. went, he he's not a striker. We didn't get a striker. We got Jesse Lingard. We didn't get a striker. And you went, he scored nine goals yeah, in ten yeah. games. It, well, do, you, do you rather get someone who scored three goals but is a striker <laughs> and who isn't a striker that scores nine? What yeah. is the fucking matter with you? I'll, t- I'll tell you what. I'll tell you what's gonna. Uh, the two, there's yeah. two things. First of all, I suspect that David Sullivan and uh, and uh, the owners will step back and let David Moyes do his job. Uh-huh. And what would be nice, but what won't happen is the fans won't step back and let David Moyes do his job because there will still be. And isn't it the weirdest thing is that on one hand, they point their finger with one hand and would do the same thing with another. Where's my 50 50 million pound super striker from Europe whose name I know? Yeah, yeah. And and do you know what? We're not that team. No. He's not that manager. That's not why why we've improved dramatically. Yeah, Yeah, it's quite right. By a bunch of people you've never heard of. (laughs) In in parenthesis, as if to prove the point I made about Brighton earlier, they've just beaten Manchester City. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) 3-2, the first game of fans. Yeah. That's extraordinary. Yes. And there's been a fight on the bench. Before we look forward to this next couple of days, um, let's talk a bit about My Hammers 11. Um, When you started to get... I think it might have been someone like Ian Bishop when you got Bishop on. I was like, oh, wow, this is amazing. Because, you know, until then, there's a lot of like us. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> there's us uh, three, there's yeah, Sam yeah. Delaney, there's Simon Pentel. You know, there's lots yeah. of people that we know for the podcast. And then, you know, it, it, there was probably someone before Bish. But it's like when you got Bishop, I was like, wow, that's great. God, yeah. Bishop, you know, and I listened to that one. I loved it. And um, then they just started trickling in. And then it's just like everybody, everybody has been on it. Yeah. Like, you know, sort of 
I mean, this week it's uh, Joey O'Brien, isn't it? Oh, yeah. Um, and Joey O'Brien. Going, Couldn't Brian. recognize the man. Couldn't recognize him. He's, he's got bald head and everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey. Yes, yeah, yeah, so the best uh, ones have. Yeah. The but, 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 um, were you surprised when they started to come? Were you, how were you getting them? So the content, uh, uh, contacting them on Twitter and stuff. Yeah, lots of lots of yeah. lots of, uh, of of twittering and 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 Instagramming and Facebooking and friends of a friend and friends of a him and oh I know him and da 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 and oh he's been on so you should come on now and um, yeah no it's. Uh, yeah, I think we've had, as I said, we've had about 300 and something, 333 guests, I think, as of as of Amazing. today. And I think incredible. 75 ex-professionals on there, ex-pros. Well, that's that's right. Coaches, yeah. Yeah. The war stuff. See, this, and of course, this is it. It's all well and good us banging on about who we like, and I remember that game. Yeah. But war stories, Russ. You'll get, this is, the, yeah. as what you, it's what you touched on earlier there, Phil, we know, with this, the Martin Noble talk. It doesn't matter who that guy is. It doesn't matter if that guy won a medal with us or was, you know, in, in the best side we ever had. Someone has just been in and around the place. Yeah. yeah. To, yeah. To, to, to have touched, you know, to touch the hem of the garment of being yeah. a player for exactly. us is, is absolutely just just gold. Exactly. But so I, 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 you'll probably want to lose that. But I'm, I've got to go because I've got to do a quarter past nine. So All right, mate. do you want to just, like, just drift away? Well, let's have, let's have, yeah, farewells to you. Let's have your predictions for these next two games, Webber. Ooh, and right. then we'll formally I, say goodbye to you. I, <laughs> I, I think six points. Good. Um, I genuinely, I genuinely see the fact that they're extraordinarily winnable games and the kind of games that we can win. And I can see if you look at the teams around us, they've got nervy games. Yeah, and I just think we're going to go out with the way that we've played 90% of this season. I genuinely do. Yeah, yeah. And is that top four if we do that? Or is it five? I I, I'm scared, uh, yeah. scared well, to do currently the Currently Chelsea nil, Leicester nil. So if Leicester win, then the top four is still not out of the question. <laughs> but, <you know. laughs> Who cares? I don't, listen, why, that we're even having this conversation yeah. is stupid. So yeah. I'll take anything. It doesn't really matter. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Webbo scores? Scores for tomorrow and uh, Sunday? Uh, well, uh, actually, no, I'll go for four points because, of course, one of them's got to be three all because, we, you know, we haven't had one or two games, have we? No, no. So, uh, so I, I, listen, I, 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 li- I like us for three goals in the last game against Southampton. I, yeah. I, I, I could. That, I think that game's for us. And guess what? They could be leaky every now and then, Southampton, can't yeah, they? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, so yeah. let me predict. Let me predict a bucket full for the last game, and then perhaps something a bit cagey for tomorrow. All right. Oh, can, can I draw you on specifics? <laughs> oh, you want numbers? Yeah. You know okay. how it works, Webber. Okay. Yeah. Right. Well, I okay. Two one. Two one tomorrow, and I'll, I'll go four one. Last game. Nice. Two one. Three goal one. gap. Two one right. four one. Right. All right. Uh, well, thanks, Webber. We'll let you go. Cheers, boys. Uh, Thank you very much. Thank you very much. Cheers, Mark. Cheers, Cheers mate. Oh, mate. Brilliant. What an awful man. Oh, he's still here. <laughs> <laughs> he's got to press leave meeting first. Phil. Yeah, yeah. That's funny that you have to press that twice, that leave meeting thing. Because oh. you sort of press the bottom one and then the the one above it goes, do you want to leave the meeting? Sure. Go, yeah, I've pressed the button. <laughs> so you look stupid for a, a very short moment. Um Without playing favourites, Russ, were there yeah. any sort of surprising or you know uh, interviews with ex players that you um, you you know thought was a, a real surprise or um... Stephen Bywater? Right, I really enjoyed Stephen Bywater's interview because I was a bit nervous because he has a bit of a. Bit of a reputation, isn't he? He, he was, mad. he was, yeah. He's, he's, he was in, yeah, exactly. He was a he big was, sculptures in his garden or something, wasn't he? Something like that with a samurai sword, I think. I can't, right. I think it was, it was something. Anyway, so he was brilliant, and uh, recently we had Scott Minto, who was amazing. I, I, I love talking to Scott. He was, Great. he was lovely. Um, but as we we're saying, you know, I, I, we, we, you know, it's whether it's they could be have played hundreds of games of the club, or they could be someone like. I don't know Adam Newton or, or yeah. you know or or Lee Hodges and I they're amazing you know or Sebastian Leggett bless him you know his one yeah, game was that was that you know where where Sam put all the kids to yeah yeah last, didn't he and um, now he's absolutely phenomenal you know doing great stuff at LA Galaxy and um, 
yeah, I love again. You know, he might have played one game, but he's yeah. lived all of our dreams. He's yeah. lived all our dreams. We'd swap all the money in the world to do what he did once, and so yeah, it's very interesting, isn't it? It's, uh, it's very yeah. And, and you're, well, you're you right, just get those little windows into what it's like to exactly. play football for a living. You know, yeah. and it's, and and there's certain players who always come up in those play. You know, when you pick, they pick their elevens, and you know, some players come up which don't appear in in fans' elevens as much because maybe they do the they do the hard yards, you know. Yeah, and so yeah. you know, it, it might be Jeff Pike, or it could yeah, be. Yeah. Pete Butler, it could be Hayden Mullins. It's those sort of war horses, and they always get picked by all the players, but the fans don't, you know, because it's mm. it, it's yeah. got the goals. They, you know, they're not in the memories. The seven out of ten guys, and so uh, no, I love it, absolutely love it. It's yeah, uh, yeah it's it's taking anyone listening to this hasn't uh, hasn't heard it. It's My Hammers Eleven. It's on YouTube. It's a it's a channel on YouTube that you subscribe to. It's called My Hammers, and then the number eleven all run together, and that yeah. should that should get you to it. Oh yeah, you could search it and it'll come and up. Anyway, subscribe, and then they're all there, and you know, there's all like three hundred <laughs> of the bastards. Wow. It's amazing. Um, so, yeah, I suppose we'll, we should do uh, predictions now for these next two games. Yeah. Jim. Yeah, I, um, I think probably four points from the two of them. Um, I'm not quite sure. I, I feel probably a point away at West Brom, especially the way they played against Liverpool, um, is quite a likely result in many ways. Um, but possibly quite an entertaining game. So I'm going to go 2-2 yeah. for that one. Um, I agree with Webbo. There's almost like a tradition that we play Southampton towards the end of the season and beat them. 3-0 against Southampton. 3-0. Nice. Mm-hmm. Russ, what do you reckon? Well, I, I, I'm i with Jim, actually. I think it'll be a draw tomorrow um, because not only because West Brom are playing with no fear, but they'll be playing with fans as well. Yeah, and, yeah. And I think that's going to make, we've seen the Brighton result today. You know, yes. Well, Southampton didn't do it, didn't do it whether it's Leeds, but it doesn't matter. Um, most of them were their phone, apparently, if you looked on Twitter. But anyway, um, so I, I think it's going to be, a, a yeah, an exciting game. A, a two-all, end-of-season type thing, two-all, three-all, something exciting. And then we're going to stuff Southampton on, on Sunday. Right. There's a, we, we're due, I've always said it, I've said it on the channel quite a bit, we're due a dicking. We're due to really everything yeah. click and we put a lot of goals past people so why not last game of the season um four points and hopefully press you for specific scores and you can't have the same as any others okay we'll go three all three, three all for all. west brom and Ooh. we'll go four nil four nil southampton to us. Uh, so i'm gonna have three one then because that hasn't been taken for the southampton oh uh, you know we have got we went to that watford last game of the season didn't we jim a couple of seasons yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 4-1 yeah. or something, wasn't yeah. it? Yeah, that was and, great. Um, and, of course, we beat Allardyce's Everton 3-1 on the last day of the season, didn't we? Yeah. So, yeah. Um, you know, I agree, I agree. I think possibly, you know, we, we, we might thump them, which would be good. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to say we win tomorrow 1-0. Fair mm-hmm. enough. We managed to pick the lock. So- and uh, get a goal past them. Uh, well, I mean, that has been it for this week's uh, Stop Hammer Time, and we'll see you again after the end of the season, which will be in about a week's time. Um, so with me this week have been Jim Grant. Cheerio. And Russ Budden. See ya. Come on, you irons. This is a Playback Media production. Get all the associated links for this podcast at westhampodcast.com. Sports Social Podcast Network.